Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. Now, today we toast the small screen with a closer look at two streaming shows on Hulu that we're very excited to talk about. Season one of The Bear, starring Jeremy Allen White as a troubled, celebrated chef who returns to Chicago after the death of his brother, and he runs a local sandwich shop. It's about chaos and anger and family and guilt and redemption. And season two of the Emmy-nominated series Only Murders in the Building, starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. They play three odd neighbors who create a popular podcast based on the crazy things that happen in and around their famous New York apartment building. I can't wait. I'm Smollier Haley Hamilton, Co-Gill. We are glad our subscription to Hulu is finally being utilized. Yay, we're paying for it. We've had it for a while and are happy to finally find a few things that are really exciting to talk about. So DePair will raise a glass to the bear with a beauty from the bear flag state. Ah. And for our unlikely trio of suspected murderers, though we totally think they're innocent, yep. the unteachables from Chronic Sellers. The unteachables. And it's it's like the best pairing. We'll get to it. Cool. But just the 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 label basically <laughs> emulates these three characters. So it's such like a fun line. Yeah. But let's talk about the bear first. So I didn't know I don't know anything about Jeremy Allen White. I don't know anything about most of the people, there's some famous people that have cameos, right? Or small parts. Well, and I, I knew nothing about. I had never heard of of the series or anything. We basically yeah. turned on Hulu to to watch uh, Only Murders in the Building, yeah. And you know, I see something. I see a guy with a knife in his hand. I'm like, "Ooh, is this a chef? Ooh, show? Is he a chef? Is this a chef show? Is it a scary show? <laughs> what is it? What's going on with the bear? Well, he's he was uh, he was he was in Shameless. The, the television oh, sure. series, but I, I don't really know a whole lot about him. And you look back at you know his resume, um, you know his brother is played by uh, I think is it his brother isn't yeah uh, Eben Moss Bacharach. That's not his brother. That's the the cousin. The cousin is a big part of it. And then there's a girl in it, this African American girl that is not stodging with him, but you know chef and she with is him. no yeah, yeah she's, she's stodging coming into yeah Io Etabrihi. I I have no idea who she is and she. She's great. They're all friend, fantastic. Lionel Boyce, Lisa Colon, Zayas, uh, Abby Elliott. These are all new names for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's really fun to the see one, something that yeah, I don't the, know much about. The one kind of cameo, the one person that's really recognizable right. is Jay, Jay Bernthal. John Bernthal. John Bernthal that, that plays his deceased brother. Who's in a million movies and he's really so good and Walking Dead. Yeah. Because we discovered it, pretty much discovered him yes. in Walking Dead, and he's really good in this. But this is about a young chef from the fine dining world. And he's a mess. This guy's a mess. You might call him, 
you know, Anthony Bourdain early days. You know, he's just kind of a mess, and he's a fine dining chef. And he comes home to Chicago after his brother's suicide, and he's going to run his family sandwich shop. He's got a sister that's a mess that they barely talk and communicate. So the whole death in the family is hard. Well, it's, I think yeah. everybody's also trying to just deal with this terrible loss. Right. And, and— let alone a business that's and really then, weird. And then a business that's that's kind of a success, but not really. But not really. And it's in a tough neighborhood in Chicago. And they're making like beef, like hot dog sandwiches or hot dogs and, yeah. and weird sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, you, you you know, going to the cooler, you're not, you know, you're, you you don't know what you're going to find in there. There might be. Right. Yeah, but he wants to elevate everything, right. and he's trying to elevate it. And they're not into elevating anything. They're, well, but I think that there's also, there, there's. Well, initially they're yes, not. Yes. yes, they don't need to. And the, yeah. the, the you know, the, the main female prep cook doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody. And she's no. like, she pretends like she doesn't speak English so that she can <laughs> avoid any kind of discussion. And 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 it, it's kind of like a lot of kitchens that that just, you know, kind of have have gone by without a lot of change and yet now they're forced to they're forced to 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 deal with change so and the change is interesting because for the first i mean there's eight episodes of this and for the first four episodes or so there's so much anger Mm -hmm. and disillusionment and everybody's got an axe to grind and they and they probably all do and and the chef is a mess he he doesn't communicate very well he's kind of a loner he's got nightmares like crazy you know, he is he a drug addict? Is he an alcoholic? He's going to some meetings. He's going to Al-Anon, which yeah, is basically which what, helps him, right? And Al-Anon is for the it is the meeting you go to if your family is if right. Your, if your mother, or your brother, or somebody in your family is an addict, and that would so, be his brother, right? Yeah, and he's you know he looks like he's never groomed ever. He's <laughs> <laughs> total grooming issues. His hair's all. It's like Anthony Bourdain. It's like Kitchen Confidential. You know, I don't know what it meets, but it meets something else, and uh, and it and it's crazy in that kitchen, and it's always on the verge of just completely going awry. But they do get the food out, and they do sell sandwiches. But this girl comes in and wants to help them, and she's she's trying to be on his level because she really admires him. Oh, I think she's yeah. completely on his level. Yeah. And and I think that yes, she admires him, but the reason she's there it's is because that's her family like her she her I think she, the first episode she says this is my father's favorite restaurant. So she comes home to to also help, you know, redefine it and elevate it and and do good by by the legacy of it, which yeah. you know, I I I appreciate. Yeah. And the and the first thing that they do which She's so good. Yeah, but it's also just the basic like clean the kitchen. Cuz Cuz it's filthy. filthy. It's, and and then You're waiting for Robert Irvine to come in there <laughs> no, and just <laughs> do a complete kitchen makeover. But they they do it themselves and they and all of a sudden everybody gets on board. It's it you know, I, we don't want to give too much away because it's obviously it's an eight-part series, right. but um, but but it's it's really cool to see one the food become elevated, all of them get into the different station that they're working to to uh, take their you know their contribution up a notch, and and then see what the you know what the result will be. So there's a couple of things that are on my mind. One is there's a there's a one of the episodes is only 16 minutes long. And I think the whole entire thing is a tracking shot, and it's a nightmare. 
and it's and it's I think it's next to the last episode or one of the, yeah. and and uh, I I didn't know what I was watching at the time then started to realize I'm watching a tracking shot I don't know if any of this is real but it's all nightmares and everything's going to hell yeah. in the restaurant and in the lives of these people and it is brilliant but it's abrasive and the the thing about this show you know, we're talking about, oh, this fine dining chef, and he's got a sandwich <laughs> shop. It's it's not the John Favreau food truck movie. No. It's not that this is yeah. abrasive and difficult, and it's not for everybody. I kept thinking while I'm watching it, I am so attracted to this show for so many reasons. One, it's different. It's different than anything I've ever seen. It's not your buddy or it's your pal fast. or your friend. Yeah. It's frantic. It's neurotic, like all of them. And like a lot of kitchens. And wonderfully written and like a lot of kitchens. And we want to romanticize great food, but sometimes we don't realize what's going on in the back. And this just bears all of that. That's why I keep re- referring to Anthony Bourdain's mm-hmm. Kitchen Confidential book, which was one of the first food books I ever really actually embraced and read. And I just I, – I think all of that plays into the very last episode, which we won't give anything away. But it is so satisfying what happens in that last episode. And it's it, it's crazy. It wasn't even on my radar. It took me by surprise. And at the same time, you know, there there's a little glimmer here what could really, really happen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all in on this thing. And I, I think this is – I think it's I think it's incredibly made and different than anything I've ever seen. It's I even think, photographed completely different. Right. And the the lighting and the music. There's yes. a lot of heavy yeah. hard music in it. And and you're right that that the tracking shot episode the, the way that the whole thing plays out, like it's not the tracking shot of of, of Goodfellas it's going, going to, it's not going into the Copacabana, <laughs> right? It's not with, a, with their girlfriends. It's not a sex. I mean, it's 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 so hard and it's so fast and it's so nightmarish and and horrific. Yeah. And that I think halfway through, I said, "Okay, this is he's got it. This has to be a dream. This can't be real. This this can't be what's what's actually going on because it's so crazy." Yeah. And and then the result of it is actually really, as you said, very satisfying. And and you'll figure out. We don't want to give it away, but you'll figure out what the bear means. The mm-hmm. bear the bear means something in this. Has you know I I look at the it's a chef show called the bear. What is this? Yeah, it is really great. And yeah, I'm I'm we're excited. I'm all in on these actors. I'm all in on this on on Jeremy Allen White, and I'm excited for him to have. Something in I his life and his career. Yeah, I hope that we see. I hope we see another season. We'll, you know, who knows oh, have how, to. how well. Well, it's yeah. Yeah. We'll just we'll see. But I yeah. think we have a very fun um, pairing. So the cool, grizzly. I'm <laughs> so the grizzly bear flag of the California Republic mm-hmm. was hoisted as the California settlers declared themselves independent of Mexico during the Bear Flag Revolt in Sonoma in Wait, a Bear Flag Revolt? Yes. Wow. So um, I thought it was appropriate to pair with a delicious wine from Sonoma for the bear. Um, nice. And the the bear was actually designated as the symbol of the flag because of its strength and unyielding resistance, which I also think we see a lot of in, in this episode, just the desire to continue to get up and, and go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it did become the official state flag of California. And one of the individuals who helped raise that flag was Thomas B. Knight, who planted the first vineyards in Knights, Knights Valley in the 19th century. So wow. Knights Valley is northern part of Sonoma County. 
um, on the the slopes of Mount St. Helena. So it's literally, if you go to the other side of the mountain, you're in Napa. And, um, you know, the other side, Knights Valley, is in Sonoma. So one of the best is from one of my most favorite winemakers in the world. Um, we had this wine with him in Sonoma many years ago, yes, Anacoda, um, made by Pierre Salion. Um, he also makes... Uh, this, I mean, this, this Chateau Lagasse, so um, the, the, the beautiful wines. I traveled with him to um, to Italy to taste his Arcanum wines. That I, he's just—he's one of the great. He's just one of my most favorite people. Oh, what a nice human in being! The entire world, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so his the Anacota wines are um, made from vineyards, volcanic soils sitting at 4,300 feet um, of on the slopes of Mount St. Helena in Knights Valley. It's a big, intense, robust Cabernet Sauvignon from California. It, it easily um, can sit side by side with any Napa selection um, without costing as much as a Napa selection. But, you know, the Knights Valley... Cabernet wines were some of the earliest wines that I enjoyed. Um, Behringer made a lot of money on their Knights Valley and still still does today because it had such a huge following back in back in the day. But this one, I think, is such an elevated, beautiful wine. It has it's it's got tannin, but it's also it's it's framed with 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 very you know. Um, well-integrated tannin, but there's also really lovely acidity because it is such high elevation, and so you're going to get ripeness, but you're also going to trap in the freshness. Um, just a really, really beautiful wine, I think, and and also robust and focused and determined. And you know, it's it's a, not an area that vines grow easily, so you you have to the there you have it it's a it's a wine that doesn't make itself. It does need to, you know, it it's a wine that 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 every year is is a treat because it is such a, a difficult place to grow. Well, to and grow he grapes. handles it with such delicacy. Yeah. yeah. Really. I mean, that's one of the best wines I've ever had in my we, life. We've had, we, we tasted some yeah. beautiful wines with him, that whole, um, the La Hota wines also, like everything they, that they do is. Is, is 4,300 feet elevation pretty high to grow grapes? Yeah. Um, it is absolutely. It? Um, Anywhere, when you think yeah. when you think of like Mendoza, they're usually around between three and four thousand feet, and that's in, in in the foothills of the the Andes. So, it's. But I I am personally attracted to high elevation. I love mountain mountain fruit. Mountain fruit, steep slope. It's and and volcanic soils because then they bring in that beautiful minerality and that earthiness. Um, and and yes, the this. It, the whole terroir, the slope, the sunshine, the the temperature, everything that that contributes, and and vineyards and mountain areas usually struggle a little harder, and you can I think taste that in just the structure and the texture and the concentration of the wine. Wow! So, yeah. so if they ever come out with season two of the Bear, yes, we're going to open good stuff. Yes. Well, we we open good stuff every night. Yes, we do. <laughs> when we come back on Kogel One and film A Perfect Parent, season two of a terrific comedy series also on Hulu starring the great Steve Martin and a surprising new group of well-known characters, including Amy Schumer, is called Only Murders in the Building. And we will be right back.
Welcome back to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. One of our favorite TV shows from last year was Only Murders in the Building, co-created by Steve Martin, starring him as well. And season two is now streaming. And we're happily, happy, happily happy to say yeah. <laughs> this might be better than than the it, first season. I mean, that's a really good question. And and the answer so far is as good as yeah. and maybe better. We'll and see where it goes. Yeah, we're only we're only a couple episodes into it. Yeah. But so far we're we're really excited. So that was a huge surprise for me on the first season. And we you know, we kept hearing about it. Anytime Steve Martin does something, and I love Martin Short to the end of the world. He's just the funniest, weirdest human being. I love that man. And Selena Gomez, so back when I was making films and I had a film production company based in Dallas, Selena Gomez's mom came into the studio, came into our office one day and set up a meeting and had projects kind of lined up for her daughter and wanted to know if we wanted to get in. We ended up not doing that, and I regret that that watching this. But that that was years ago. You know, it's taken a long time for her to get, and she's been in some films. Absolutely. some teen films and some other things and some provocative films as well. But but damn, she is really good. I think she's really good. And it's so different. Her character is so different than both the two men mm-hmm. who are kind of predictable and we know what they are. And they're kind of like themselves, but they're funny. And she's kind of no nonsense. Yeah. Get right to the fact of the thing. It's the perfect foil for these two guys. Mm-hmm. I think she's a perfect straight man. And so far in this series, she's the one that shines, mm-hmm. and I think in season two. You know, he's a—Steve Martin plays a semi-retired actor. He had a popular TV series called Brazos, <laughs> and he lives in 14C at the Arconia building. And then Martin Short is Oliver Putnam. He's a financially struggling Broadway director who is, uh, has absolutely no money anytime, and he'll do anything <laughs> for a dime. And he becomes the director of the podcast. He lives in 10D at the Arconia. And then Selena Gomez is Mabel, who lives in 12E, a refurnished unit that she's renovating for her aunt, who is friends with the first season's murder victim, um, Tim Kono, uh, years earlier. So they're all connected because, you know, the season one was there. There was a murder in the building. And they created a podcast that, first off, no one listened to at first. And then by the end of the season, became very popular. Now they have groupies. Right. So they start season two. And I remember last season we saw Jane Lynch in it, mm-hmm. and we saw, well, Nathan Lane was Nathan a big Nathan Lane was, yes. Uh, Tina Fey, Michael Rappaport. But all of a sudden we're seeing Amy Schumer pops up. Yes. Who has replaced Sting. Sting. <laughs> she's, she's living in Sting's apartment for the summer or whatever. And it's Amy Schumer playing herself, <laughs> yeah. playing a kind of a heightened sense of herself. They're right. all playing characters, but they play them their own name. And— uh, because that was cool about the thing because every once in a while you'd see somebody famous in the elevator. Right. Well, and then all of a sudden one of the main characters in the first few episodes, I'm looking at this woman and, Gary, who is that? Who, who is say, that? I say, Gary, that has to be Shirley MacLaine. No, that's not that's Shirley That's not Shirley MacLaine. That doesn't I know like Shirley MacLaine. That's, that's not, not her. her. And, and there are the credits, Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine. And it's great. And she's great in it. Yeah. They have all these characters that are just, they're all, they've all been around. They're all friends. They all know each other. And this is elevated. This is elevated, I think, streaming television. Well, I I think what we are learning as a whole with, with everything, because we do watch, a, we, we do subscribe to a lot of things. Um, 
that the streaming services are delivering really great content. I mean, we we spent a whole show talking about Ozark on right. Netflix. I mean, it's it's not um, the the opportunity to to work in this format that you know decades ago a, a film actor wouldn't have dreamed of of doing something for the small screen, but now it's it's the it's the way we watch television now and i can't remember the last time we watched a narrative on one of the networks and, on I, network TV. and that makes me sad having worked in network tv i think for there was so a there was a detective limited series cop show four or five years ago right it was probably like yes, yes. it was and you know we have h it's basically and it was edgy because most of that stuff you right. can't put on network tv it was it was the streaming services have figured out what HBO and Showtime and and you know all of all of the cable entities figured out years ago, and that is that if you if you create good content, people will subscribe. We'll find it and subscribe. And and when even back in the day when all we had was network TV, I mean, I had favorite shows that I watched, but I I I think now we have eight, nine, or ten series that we're we're gonna. Just mm-hmm. go into and watch whenever yeah. they come up, and we can't wait for another season. Right. And, and that's really fun. Yeah. And you can, and you know, some you can binge watch, some you some, can't. Some you can do what? Some you can binge watch, okay. and some you cannot. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yeah, binge watch. Yes. But this is, I, I even love the opening title sequence. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we fast forward through the opening title sequence once you see it once. Mm-hmm. And I wait for that li- those little characters yeah, in the window. The little, yes. And it won a big award for art direction nice. of the opening title sequence oh, nice. last season, the first season. It's just really different and elevated. And I say this because I think Steve Martin, you know, Steve Martin who created this with one of his buddies, um, I think when he has his hands in things because of the books he writes mm-hmm. and, I mean, his— Well, Shop Girl was one of my most favorite movies. Shop it, Girl is a great movie. one of my uh, favorite movies of all time. Melancholy. Oh, you know, it's we all, Danes. You know, if you start putting Steve Martin in a box of just comedy, you're going to miss all the great yeah. stuff that he yeah. really, really does. And I, I think he's so interesting. Of course, but I also think yeah. they're having a lot of fun, and that's it's that's really the, funny. The, and and I think the fact that that Steve Martin and Martin Short are, are on tour right now doing right doing a, a comedy act or you know and playing songs and yeah. and doing his his spiel it's like that's I, that that tells me that this is coming you, from a place of of people that really love each other that really love each yeah. other you can make fun of each other when you love each other that much because they have so much stick towards each other right and you see it it all just flies out of this and then she's the foil for it right. just I'd stand in the hallway and listen to all this all the time. <laughs> you see interviews with her and all that. I I think it's really interesting. Yeah, so, so we're we're very excited. We're in. We're we're like I said, we're just a couple episodes in, but but we are are thrilled to to be diving back into only murders in the building. Yep. So, um, I had an opportunity to go to up up the coast a bit. Um, last week, I went to this, the newly designated AVA of Slow Coast, which is basically Edna Valley, 
um, and Arroyo Grande and kind of around the San Luis Obispo Pismo Beach area. Pismo Beach. We like Pismo Beach. I do like Pismo Beach because it's just slow, the slow coast region as a whole. We're going to get into our actual pairing, but the, the slow coast region as a whole is one of the first places that I have been able to fly into that I can be airport to vineyard because Tolosa is right next to the airport and Tolosa's wines are awesome. Awesome. Um, to beach within about five minutes of each other. It's like wow. everything. The The vineyards are so close to, to the ocean, which then brings in this beautiful refrigerated sunshine and, and with this incredibly long growing season, you know, producing just stellar Pinot Noir and Chardonnay wines. Then you go inland a bit into Paso Robles and you get sunshine and you get heat. And I think our temperatures were in the hundreds while we were there, um, which produces very, very big, very, very intense wines. Um, and the wine that I had an opportunity to be with is um, from Chronic Cellars. The winery is Chronic Cellars in Paso, started in 2004. The original founders, Josh and Jake Beckett, are the sons of the original uh, founders of Peachy Canyon. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Peachy Canyon, mm-hmm. but um, it, it started in the in the 80s. And it's I remember Peachy Canyon as as kind of this big, bold, Zinfandel-based winery that at the time I think really, you know, was one of the 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 emerging leaders of of wine in the area. Um Jay Lore was around at the time, Justin was around at the time, but um but for Zinfandel specifically, Peachy Canyon, yeah. you know, I that's kind of one I of I think my that's first. in when I think of that label. Absolutely. And so Josh and Jake really wanted to create something that was completely opposite of what their parents had done. They um, they wanted to make, uh, you know, really, really great wine, but also have a sense of humor about it. Also have um, have the wines generate conversations, have have them be approachable. Um, but also age-worthy, um, big and powerful to pair with, you know, hearty dishes while still having a nice bit of, of refinement and with very kitschy, funny labels with skeletons on them. Um, so my first reaction when I would walk into a wine store and I'd see a label like that, it would kind of turn me away. Well, and initially, and that's, until you know about it, and that's the whole that's the whole thing. Because right. then when you when you do actually try the wines and you get their whole story, then then it it makes sense. Right. And so today the the wines are actually crafted by a winemaker. His name is Kip. Lorenzetti. Lorenzetti. And he's just a doll and such a sweetheart. And and I kind of posed this hard question of, you know, you're making these really, really in- incredible wines um, with kitschy labels. And and that was the response. It's like, yes, but they're really incredible wines. And then when you start, when you when you generate a following of that, then then you get excited about about what the next 
option is. And the labels are actually, I mean, they're they're works of art. They're really yeah. actually they're they're beautiful. It's not something generated by a computer. It's it is an actual art piece. And right. their tasting room is filled with with these images of these funny skeletons, you know, kind of getting drunk. <laughs> and um killer wine. And they're and they're and they are literally 15 plus alcohol wines. I might have gotten a little tipsy on our. Oh, that's high alcohol. They're high alcohol wines. They're the opposite of the slow coast, nice, refined, you know, low, lower alcohol, cool climate wines. These are big wines, but it's because it's hardy fruit. It's Zinfandel. It's Petite Syrah. It's Mouvet. It's it's Grenache. It's um, Syrah. They're they're wines that have intensity and power. But it's also really interesting to see how he keeps them and to not um, tamed and and refined mm. and um, and the unteachables in particular is kind of that's the, the name of the wine the unteachables, unteachables. and it's kind of it, it's the wine in honor of of these founders and it has these three funny characters that were kind of these three. Um, the the founders on the label, it's a blend of Zinfandel, Petite Syrah, um, and I'm trying to make sure I have it right. Tanat, Petite Syrah, and Syrah. Sorry. Wow. Um, so and we had an opportunity actually to go to the vineyard that they're that they're um, that the Tanat is grown in, and it was very very warm. It. Um, had some nice elevation though, and so uh, it wasn't just like a complete valley floor. So you did have some elevation. You saw these and completely dry farmed, which is also fascinating because we do live in a state where drought is is an issue, yeah, and a big so issue. the fact that that this fruit could be completely dry farmed, you know, an area that receives a few. A few, not a few dozen, but a few inches of rain every year. Wow. So you get this fruit that is so intensely concentrated and so powerful and and tiny berries um, that that then creates this luscious, dense black fruit filled. High alcohol, high alcohol, unruly, <laughs> unruly. Is wine. it an unruly wine? It's it, it, but but really, but really, but good. really good. And you know, I don't know that it's the wine that I I could handle drinking an entire bottle of, like I might be able to do with something that's a little bit lighter bodied. Mm-hmm. But it's absolutely incredible food wine. It's absolutely something I would pair with. With barbecue, like I, it's a big bur- meat one. I was going to say some burnt ends with burnt ends <laughs> with barbecue the, with the unteachables is is delicious. Now or I a, like this label. Yeah, now or I a, like a, it. A, a a grill, you know, like a big grilled ribeye or something like yeah. that. It's it's definitely uh, a meaty wine that would go really nicely with something nice and hearty. Isn't that fun? Yeah, and it was and it was beautiful, beautiful people, which is also something I like. You know, you always hope that. That the people that are making your wine are are have good hearts and good souls and are doing it for the right yeah. reasons, and they really are. So well, cool. so that whole story now makes total sense to me. So now when I look at the label, yeah, it'll it makes much more sense Absolutely. to me. And I like the idea that you paired it with only murders in the building, Absolutely. because that's an unruly building. 
It's an unruly bill. I can, <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen next? So in my head, I have this thing that there's a scene that shows up, and they're hanging out with Amy Schumer, and they're talking, and they're drinking. There's a wine bottle on the counter, and it's it's the unteachable. We should we should we should write you, next time we see Steve. We'll just suggest it next time. Next time Steve speaks to me, <laughs> he gives you a card that says you've had a personal encounter with Steve Martin. <laughs> he's so, he's so hilarious. Good job. Well, next time on Kogel One and Film a Perfect Pairing, another big budget Marvel movie that we're going to have to go see. I think you're so excited to see this. Well, movie. I kind of am, but I, I kind of just get beat down by a lot of this. But I know there's all kinds of weird stuff in this. It's called Thor Love and Thunder. It stars Chris Hemsworth and the great Natalie Portman and the great Christian Bale. It's good guys, bad guys, lots of ridiculous action, plenty of shtick. And I'm okay with a movie that has a lot of shtick. So I can hardly wait. <laughs> and with that, I'm Gary Cogill and always looking for the next great film. I am Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.